All right, and welcome to the third episode of the Top 250 podcast. I'm here again with Greg Papa. We are doing the Godfather Part 2. Regarded as one of the better sequels of all time, if not the best, definitely mm. up there with uh, you know, sequels like Terminator 2. Star Wars. Star Wars, yep, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, a lot of people even say that it might be better than the first one. And I might be one of those people. <gasps> oh, man. We'll find out. We will certainly get back to that later. So, coming back in the second movie, we have Robert Duvall, Diane Keaton, John Cazale, and, of course, Al Pacino as Michael Corleone. And this time we have a young Robert De Niro playing Vito Corleone. To start things off, uh, let's let's talk about our two stars, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Uh, I guess we'll start with Pacino. A lot to talk about here. Uh, he is given more of a chance to shine, brooding presence throughout, and even when he's not speaking, he commands respect. I'd say he's just as smart as his father Vito was, but... Maybe a little less charismatic. A bit more uh, ruthless. He, he definitely carries on the um, the legacy of the first Godfather into this one, where he's just he is just alpha blood for a large majority of the movie. Right. He's just such an interesting character, though. Yeah. In the scene where Connie comes in with Merle, pretty much telling Michael that you know he's gonna marry Merle Al Pacino Michael doesn't even look at Merle no and he refers to Merle in the third person when talking to Connie I thought that was <laughs> what a power move such a power move oh my god Merle's this like drugged up drunk guy Connie's a fucking mess in the beginning of the scene, Merle actually asked for a drink. You don't ask the a mafia don for a drink. It's right. Terrible move right there. And then Connie's like, uh, oh, go to uh, the guy behind Michael's. She's like, oh, go get Merle a drink. Well, we never see that drink being delivered to Merle. It's <laughs> <laughs> an awkward situation to, to tend to be in, having to go ask your fiance's kid brother who's the most powerful person in all of New York and one of the most powerful people in the country you can get married and you can't even ask for a drink like just some of his reaction shots of other characters talking to him is just frightening just the... yeah he seems like very pissed a lot of, a lot of the time yeah Oh, especially when uh, he's talking to Kay during the one mm. scene, and she drops that abortion bomb on him, and oh my god! From like from like across the room, he he, he hits her. So <laughs> like he covers an immense amount of distance when he does it. It's oh, it's crazy. I feel like Kay gets the gets the brunt of his lashing out because she's the only one who got yelled at in the first movie. At the end of it. And then she gets yelled at in this one and slapped, like, pretty badly. 
she's like the only sane person here. Yeah, but she's just kind of like the audience in this. Yeah. Yeah, and she kind of agrees with the politicians and the people who are trying to prosecute Michael when she's saying, you know, this whole Sicilian thing has like has to end. And Michael's all, no, yeah, we're totally legitimate. And it's like, no, you're not, you're not getting it, dude. Typical freaking male perspective, I guess. He's just not really listening. I think that's one of those things that like frustrates Michael so much is that he has control over so so much in the film and so much in his life that uh, her taking the action of not only you know aborting his uh, his baby but taking that option, taking that control away from him is like doubly um, devastating for him. Uh, it totally is, it's especially in that era. Yeah. So how about uh, De Niro's Young Vito? Does a great job. Uh, I like how we slowly see him kind of just transforming into the Vito we see in the first Godfather. In fact, uh, De Niro's voice towards the end of the movie when he's getting revenge finally on Don Francesco, very similar to Vito's voice from the first movie. Absolutely, it's uh, it's definitely um, not like an impression. It's definitely like oh, I can totally see how this younger version grew into this older version, and the voice just kind of matured with it. I love the fact that they keep everything amongst Italians, almost exclusively speaking Italian, because it just makes it so authentic. That this is like why this movie's so great. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous in some of these other movies. It'll take place in other countries. They'll be speaking English. and Right, with a British accent. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, come on. They, I mean, I know you're doing this for the audience, but they would not be speaking English in real life. Yeah. <laughs> I also do like the fact that, that both Pacino and uh, De Niro had to learn Italian for the movie. I think that's something that's that's really nice for actors to have to do in my opinion, like some people might think that's annoying, but I think like one of the great things about acting is learning new skills and having to, you know, say you have to like learn how to do horseback riding. Well, if you've never done horseback riding, if you never had to do it for this film. And I think them having to learn Italian, specifically Sicilian, which is a bit more difficult, I think would be a cool thing for them. And I think it's kind of funny because in, in my family, my uncle would always be like, how come in the first movie Vito doesn't speak any Italian even though he grew up there and he speaks it in the second one all the time? And I'm like, good luck getting Marlon Brando to like learn <laughs> Italian so that he was gonna he wouldn't even learn the lines for God's sake. That that's actually a really good point. But okay. he speaks Marlon Brando speaks Italian twice in the original Godfather. He says a spet for a second, which is just kind of like saying like, hold up. That's the, he says that right before he goes and gets assassinated. And uh, I think he says Capiche or something like that somewhere else in the movie. I think those are the only two times that I can remember that Brando speaks any Italian. And it's like the most basic Italian in the world. I thought this was interesting when I was going through the credits that Lee Strasberg plays Simon Roth. Yeah. Um, obviously the founder of the Lee Strasberg Acting Institute. I think that's what it's called. Yes, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And um, I had what I was, I was interested because, you know, Pacino and De Niro studied all over New York. 
And Pacino actually studied with Strasberg, and then a different actor was supposed to play Simon Roth, but he dropped out. And so Pacino was like, why don't we just get Lee Strasberg to do it? And that's how they got him in the movie. Yeah, how about that? Acting with your mentor, it seems? Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow, that must um, have been surreal for him. Yeah, and it even earned uh, Strasberg a, a nomination for Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. So that's a pretty good get for, for Strasberg. You know, you teach this kid, and then he, he gets you a movie that, you know, you're in your whatever, 70s. You get nominated for an Academy Award. That's right. Yeah, man. Keep in get touch on. with your students. Things can happen. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Be kind to people, for God's sake. You don't know who's going to be the next Al Pacino. And then uh, his right-hand man, Johnny Ola, played by mm. Dominic Chinese, probably most famous for playing Uncle Junior on The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool that uh, The Sopranos were able to get uh, a connection to The Godfather in the cast, although I, I think they've had... Uh, couple other guys who appear in the Godfather movies later appear in the Sopranos but cool getting a, a solid connection there um, me being a huge Sopranos fan uh, I mean as soon as I heard Johnny Ola's voice over the phone calling Fredo I was just like <laughs> oh my god it's Uncle Junior He's, right yeah it, it just it shows uh, the impact Mm. on pop culture that the Godfather yeah. movies have, which it still extends to this day. I mean, you uh, you look back at uh, a news story back in August where Chris Cuomo, brother of uh, current New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, was mm -hmm. at a party and someone went up to him and called him Fredo and he flipped oh, yeah. out. Oh yeah, they did. Like, <laughs> he was such an idiot and he's like, that's like calling me the N-word. <laughs> no, it's not, you moron. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a character from a movie. But right. It, it definitely is an insult, but, but yeah, you definitely don't want to be called Fredo. <laughs> it's basically being called incompetent. Yeah, you know, take it in stride, guy. You're a public figure, but that that is funny. That that I I forgot about that. That was a little bit of a controversy. But I mean, if you want to talk about Fredo for a second, this is his time to shine in this movie. Oh my God! Yeah, John Cazale. Who's I almost forgot that he was acting in this scene when he's talking to Michael's son Anthony about fishing how he always says hail marys and that's how he would always catch a fish he'd, he'd be like yeah my other brothers you know they would never catch a fish but i would because i did this and when um he confesses to uh michael that's a pretty heartbreaking scene yeah that it, it's so interesting how both of them are positioned in the scene i mean michael's mm -hmm. just sitting in a chair Alfredo, he's he's reclined back. When you're having an important meeting like that, you probably want to be, you know, standing up straight or sitting up straight, being serious, whatever. 
I mean, if, if, if anyone's listening to this who's never seen it, he's, like, pretty much, like, parallel to, the, or, like, whatever, putting on over the ground. Like, he, he's, like, totally laid back in this, in this, I don't know, in this reclining chair. It takes, like, a lot for him to come up out of it. It's pretty, it's actually kind of funny when you, when you just look at it. Um, but he has the big confession of, you know, there was something in it for me, and, you know, he's, I, I always quote the line, is like, I'm smart, I'm not dumb. <laughs> oh, my God. Another thing I liked was when Johnny Ola called Fredo, Fredo's in bed, picks up the call, whatever. Lady next to him in bed, like, half awake. Yeah. Where that he's talking, it was like a, a thirty second conversation that I the phone, <laughs> and then she asks like, when he gets off the phone, she's like, "Who was that?" Fredo's like, "The wrong number." Just kind of shit. It's like, look how dumb he is. <laughs> yeah, not even a good lie. Can't even come up with a good excuse. <laughs> I think it's really cool in this in this film that they they have all the present day stuff set up with the backdrop of the Cuban Revolution. I think that's that's like the perfect chaos to set this whole thing into. You get that iconic um, New Year's Day festivity with Bautista and all of his all of his people there, and uh, as they're celebrating New Year's, Michael comes up to Fredo and does the whole "I knew it was you, you broke my heart" thing, and Fredo runs away from him. You know, he he can't even be seen with them. It's pretty bad. The infamous kiss of death. Yeah. Say. They also had that that kind of like a uh, a biblical reference to, you know, Judas does that to Jesus in the Bible. Right. Yeah, I th- that's, that's probably its, uh, its origin. Yeah, and I guess it can be a, a terror tactic sometimes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta bring up the fact that uh, we're missing a character from the first movie who didn't die, and that would be Clemenza. I guess the story behind that is the actor Richard Castellano kind of was conflicting with Coppola on the set of the first movie. Didn't quite get along. I guess Coppola got his payback when uh, in that scene where Clemenza's. <laughs> running up the stairs but uh, apparently they made him do a lot of takes of him running up the stairs to to piss him off um but uh i i from what i read castellano saw the script for the godfather 2 and he he didn't like that his character pretty much became a rat broke the code of silence on uh, on the mob. He, I, I guess he just didn't see his character doing that. And you know, that coupled with uh, you know, being a bit testy on the set of the first one, they ended up just writing a completely new character, which would be uh, Pentangeli. Yeah, he's, um, he's an interesting character in this film because he, uh, he's kind of all over the place. He's, he's betraying them, and then he's defending them, 
and then he's got his brother. Well, his brother comes in. His brother comes all the way in from Sicily, doesn't say a word. He's just there, and he just flies right back. Doesn't say doesn't say goodbye or anything. You know, Angelic goes on a freaking roller coaster in this film. And that uh, his brother showing up to the the Senate hearing. Yeah, this is another smart move from Michael. He has Frank's brother arrive from Sicily, reminding Frank of the Omerta, or the Lakota Silence members of the Mafia are expected to follow. And as we see in the scene, Frank suddenly changes his mind about uh, he wants to tell the Senate about Michael. And that's what he says to Kay. What does he say? He says um, it was between the between the brothers, Kay. I mean, that's a that's a great that's 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 a great line. That tells you all you need to know. Another character worth mentioning is Will C.G., played by Joe Spinell. He's a bit of a famous cult actor. Passed away prematurely. Um, well, he was still in his 50s. Uh, but was in a lot of iconic movies. He was in the first couple Rocky movies. He was actually in the first Godfather as well. Had a, a smaller role in that one. Um, he, had a, he was in this movie called Maniac, where he actually plays a serial killer. He's, he's, oh, okay. he's in this movie, this really wacky movie called Forbidden Zone. Which I've I've seen a lot of crazy movies, but um, you know that one's definitely <laughs> at the top. <laughs> oh my god, it's uh, it's directed by Danny Elfman's brother. But he, oh, yeah. But the the Will C.G. character is actually based on Joe Valachi, who was a convicted mobster turned government witness in the late 50s, 1960s, and was actually the person who pretty much brought the, or confirmed the mafia's existence to the public. Uh, kind of, he, he explained in uh, the Senate hearings how the mafia actually worked. In fact, uh, around this time, the witness protection program began, and it's assumed that Valachi probably went into that yeah yeah also the uh, post credits not post credits in a Marvel movie but the post it's almost like a post movie flashback um, that shows right before uh, Michael goes off to Michael goes off to war and they're all celebrating Vito's birthday right yeah we uh we see Tessio come back, Sonny, and mm -hmm. uh, Carlo as well. I know um, to get James Conn back, they had to pay him the same amount of money that they paid him in the first movie, which was a lot of money, oh my God. just for one scene. Um, because he knew that they needed him in that scene, um, which... Again, he does a great job, and even though he's only in it for whatever four minutes, um, there's a really, really cool moment there between Sonny and Fredo, where uh, 
Michael says that he's going to be joining the military, which Vito is definitely against, and Sonny's definitely against. Everyone's shocked. Um, but uh, Fredo's like, oh, well, gee, Mike, that's great. And he goes to shake his hand, and Sonny grabs Fredo's hand and, and like, throws it out of the way, um, which I think is just a perfect symbolization of all the brothers, you know? scene is so great and just showing the dynamic between all mm-hmm. of them including the sister um, yeah he tries to like play peacekeeper a little bit more and you also see you know they all go into to surprise their dad except for Michael who just kind of sits there you know he's kind of kind of shows that he's his own person even more so than you know just going off to the military very true yeah, I I mean, I knew that Brando wasn't going to show up in that scene just because I like, read about the movies a lot online, but I almost wonder if the audiences back then were expecting him to to show up, but it, it makes sense why he didn't. I mean, it's, it's probably definitely a good thing because uh, Brando was known to like, just absolutely let himself go, so... I mean, famously in Apocalypse Now, he's like oh, well over 300 pounds, so they couldn't even freaking show him. Um, so who knows what he would have looked like? He probably wouldn't have looked anything like a actually younger Vito than what we got in Godfather Two and Godfather One. Um, yeah. So it's definitely a good decision that they didn't show him. Yeah, that's very true. He. Uh lot of weight very quickly he was probably already putting on some pounds even two years later that's yeah absolutely so yeah brando's always kind of a thick guy but like he just didn't care anything for no yeah he, he definitely let himself go all right so either the first godfather or the second one you could only watch one one of them for the rest of your life. Gun to my head, I th- I think I have to choose the second one because uh, I love I love De Niro. I love um, I love the origin story. Like I could I could honestly just watch the movie, just the origin story, and be happy. So that coupled with you know everything that's going on in present day with uh, with Michael and the whole family, I think I would have to choose the, uh, the second film. It's not, as, it's not as obvious as I'm making it out to be. I've just known this for a very long time. And uh, it's, it, I mean, it's a, it's a toss-up, honestly, but I think uh, just my love for De Niro kind of pushes it over the edge. Um, for me personally, how about you? They are fairly different movies in the sense that um, you could almost argue the the first one's just a really good um, gangster exploitation movie. I mean, some of <laughs> some of the uh, constant killings you see are just so drastic. It's like something you might see in an old exploitation movie but it's it's 
it's got a story. I, you know, I really, I, I can't pick. I, oh, oh, God. It's a fair position because they're so, they're so evenly matched, you know? They complement each other so well. And like, like I said, I love the origin story, but I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, I'm like, well, the first movie is Michael's origin story, you know? Whereas this one has has Vito's origin story in it, so they both have origin stories in it. So for me, I just think that Vito's is slightly more interesting, maybe because you already know where Vito ends up. I guess um, you know he turns into Brando eventually. Right, he's just such an interesting character, though, that you're like, how how did this guy end up like this? And the way they tell it with the intertwining stories, I love non-linear storytelling, which this movie's fairly linear, but um, just intertwining the story, I think, is is a very cool and interesting way of of telling uh, telling the story and having them complement each other, showing showing, oh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and then it's like, oh, wait, Michael's kind of insane. Um, so, whereas Vito, Vito's not. Vito doesn't just randomly kill people. You know? Vito kills uh, the mob boss of his time because he's being muscled out too much. And then he goes back and he kills Don Chichu, who avenges his, his dad and his brother um, being killed in, in Corleone, Italy. Um, so it also has a very, uh, kind of stuff that I love about movies and history. It's very much Vito comes to Ellis Island and they just give him a different name. They just call him Vito Corleone because that's where you're from. <laughs> but that's not his name. His name is Vito Andolini. You know, that's what that way is originally. And it gives him this really nice way of getting in with Don Chichu without being suspected because he's just Vito Corleone at that point. So I think that's a really interesting thing. Um, I have family, like my, my dad came to the U.S. and came through Ellis Island. So it's, it's for me, that's very cool. Um, it's a very cool little tidbit. We didn't have our family's name changed, but, uh, that kind of stuff happened all the time, so it became very difficult to find relatives that way. Wow, that, that's really cool. You said your dad came from. Ellis yeah, um, my dad came. My my grandparents came. Uh, my dad came from southern Italy and uh, came to Los Island in the late fifties, I think. Oh wow! Um, when he was about six years old, so. Uh, he doesn't really have an accent or anything, but I grew up with very, very Italian uh, grandparents. My grandmother spoke, like, almost no English. My grandfather spoke a decent amount of English because he was a hat maker, you know, manufacturer. So, uh, you know, that whole, the origin story of an Italian family, Italian immigrants coming to the country and having to find a way for themselves you know, kind of strikes home for me. So that's kind of like why I probably adore this movie just a little bit more than uh, the first one. 
Oh yeah, definitely. I've seen where Vito comes to Ellis Island. You see the Statue of Liberty. See the reflection yep. of the window. The nice, uh, you know, Vito achieves the American dream. He just does it in a way that most people wouldn't really agree with. Mm-hmm. That's everything. Greg, thank you so much for, for doing these. Really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's nice getting a, uh Italian's perspective on, um, on both movies. Yeah, I think, um, like, I, like I said um, before, I think like these, these movies like resonate uh, deeply for for Italian people and Italian people are so obnoxious about how much they love being Italian but uh, we, we just we kind of do I don't know why but that's it's kind of our thing and we love seeing our our you know Italian people represented in pop culture this way um, and it's just a very cool thing and so I was I'm happy that uh, you had me on the, the chit chat about it of course and our next episode is The Dark Knight at number four. So stay tuned. <laughs>